Boom! Is it a key reversal or just another buy-the-dip opportunity? Bank of Japan, they're talking about tweaking the yield curve and big reaction in the markets. That was your negative catalyst. Q2 earnings season rolls on. We'll be talking banks with Nate Tobik at 8.35. It's pre-market prep on a Friday. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. We got a solid rebound coming this morning. We're up 25 and a half handles, 45.89.75. Almost getting back half of those losses from yesterday. You have the buck down after the big rally yesterday, down 35 cents at 101.19. Bonds up a half a point after getting slammed yesterday at 124 and 13.30 seconds. Crude hanging out near 80, down 13 cents at 79.97. Hope my gold quotes are right up 1070 at 1995.90. Silver in the green by 37 cents at 24.61. And Bitcoin hanging out $85 its higher buy at 29,395. Triple D volatile price action yesterday. Key reversal. I guess we can just start talking uh, about the meaning of that. How you doing this morning? I'm doing good. Just looking you know, at this market. Nice rebound today. Kind of feels like an opportunity to lighten up after yesterday's action. But maybe yesterday was a one-off. Nobody's got the crystal ball here. Where do you want to start? I we guess start with these key reversals. Yeah, sure. Let's talk about uh, you know what the definition is, and then we'll look at a couple charts. So basically, what we had happen yesterday in a number of the indexes in a lot of stocks was what's something called a key reversal. And that's when a stock or index makes a new high above the previous day's range and then closes below the previous day's range. It's usually the sign of a, a like it usually happens after you've had a significant run up, which we've had. So this is all textbook, textbook technical. Sometimes the market trades technical. Sometimes it trades fundamental. Sometimes it trades on macro. This was all technical. Now, again, there was a catalyst yesterday, Joel. Maybe you should talk about that catalyst just briefly. But the key reversal is basically make a new high above the previous day's range and then close below the previous day's range. And if we just go through here, the IWM did that. The SPY did that. The DIA, which has been on that impressive run, I think it made a new high. Yeah, just barely. It DIA did it as well. QQQ did not. Just barely held on to the previous range, but a number of stocks in the QQQ did as well. So that's concerning from you know a technician's perspective that that could be a topic signal. Cut, you know, cut, couple that with the Mike Wilson top here, which we're going to start <laughs> calling it because he, we know one of the biggest bears, Morgan Stanley, there, and one of the biggest bears on the street in the last six months, capitulated two days ago saying he's been wrong. 
Um, you know, so the last bear throws in the towel, you get key reversals yesterday, and then you get this BOJ stuff happening, and it makes you a little bit spooked. Yeah, but nice rebound this morning. Mozart bring in our money, Mitch. And we did our bullish show. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens. That's what happens. You guys wanted to get all bull on me there. (laughs) It was a fun show, though. It was fun while it lasted. It was. Let's talk a little bit about what happened. Of course, the Bank of Japan made a significant change to its ultra-easy bond-buying monetary policy on Friday. This move really caused some confusion and shock in the market. As a result, long-term Japanese government bonds yields rose approximately 13 basis points. The yen weakened against a strong dollar after experiencing some volatile initial fluctuations. However, of course, the impact on Japanese stocks was relatively minor. But here, it seemed to have made a bigger impact, especially on our market. It was a surprise policy change. I mean, they've been, what, uh, dovish since, what, 1933? 19... Yeah, 93. Since I was born, years dovish. <laughs> since I was born, they've been dove. <laughs> they've been dove. Well, they're in, and let's give this perspective. You know, you talk about the eternal only stocks go up. I mean, the Nikkei made its high in 1993. It's been in a 30-year bear market. 30 years, Japan stocks have not wow. gone higher. That's that's a little bit concerning, but I mean, now, you know, it's come all the way back and I don't know if they did the Nikkei actually make a new high on this recent move. I don't know if it did, but what's the ETF? Well, what's the ETF? The problem uh, is you can look at ETFs and they're going to be making new highs because they don't go back to 1993. ETFs didn't exist back then. Nikkei all time high. Just Google it. Maybe. So uh, right now it's 32,000, but if we go back to like for fun to like 1993, wasn't it like it was 1989? I'm sorry, it was here's a good. It was 38,000 in 1989. It is 32,000 a day. So here we are, 34 years later, and you're still 20 percent from those all-time highs. So. uh, EWJ, Joel. EWJ. Okay, that's what yeah, I should know that. Yeah, the EWJ. But again, that's not going to show any of this because when the EWJ 90s. come into existence, it shows to nineties. Is I have data that goes back to ninety one. Eighty nine is the high. You have EWJ. Was oh, yeah. that doesn't make any sense, Mitch. I'll show you EWJ. at least. I mean, my ETFs chart, didn't right? exist in nineteen eighty nine. Let's nineteen ninety one. I'll just show you nineteen ninety seven. So here, here's I have it going back all the way to 91. Um, so this is EWJ. I, I don't know if my my chart made something here, but how I'm the hell saying, is that? There was ETFs I, in 1991. Thirty Joel? years later, and we're down, know. and we're right. I don't know. Right I'm at challenging the same level. that. Seriously, what, what, how, how? Maybe it was like maybe it converted or something from like a closed end fund or something. Into an well, ETF, I can at least tell Maybe you that's right, what it is. There's no way ETFs right exist in 1991. Years. Chat, you got to help me out here. When the hell did the ETF get created? I don't because know. My no chart had it, but there's hey. no way it was in 1991. So maybe it was a, like a closed closed end funds did. Maybe this was like a convert. But anyways, pretty cool data. Bring up that long term chart there again, Money Mitch, because yeah, it goes it's given right us back perspective. To it. Yeah. They said in the 1990s, Nick Brown, our, our digger, Nick Brown. I tell you, who works in the background here, he's the best that's digger out boy. there. Yeah, he says in the 1990s, first developed in the 1990s. We don't have confirmation. So maybe it was 1991. I can't believe they're that far back. EWJ launched in 1996, Echo says. So I don't know where you get 1991 data, but it's cool that you have data that didn't exist. So <laughs> yeah, that's the best look kind here, of data. Though, Mitch, look here. That yeah. is a long term chart. So you're going back 30 years and you have gone 
nowhere. And if you could yeah, go back to 1989, you would see that we were actually down over that course of the period because we were at 38,000 in 1989. Stocks don't always have to go up and countries and ETFs don't always have to go up in the long term. Chat rocks. You guys know everything. <laughs> I, they do, honestly. There's always somebody that knows the answer in the chat. There's enough smart traders in here and knowledgeable traders that know stuff. And if they don't know, Nick Brown will go find it. it well, with, it's bots, too. We have bots in the chat. They're the bots, bots are good, too. The chat the GPT bot. bots. They know some yeah, stuff. Yeah, they well. know. All right. Let's <laughs> let's talk U.S. It's 8.09. And we're always talking Japan, Japan, Japan. Let's talk U.S. stocks. Let's well, go going back, yeah. So just overall market talk. So uh, somewhat concerning. So back to the key reversal talk and the TLT breakdown, too. There's a lot of Ooh. food for the all of a sudden the bears to chew on here. Not saying the bull market's over, just saying it's concerning. Could we cool off? Could this be a cool off period? We have been on fire here. Everything's been going up. Could we cool off for a week or two? Not I think it's possible. I think it's it, possible. Today's a day. Today's the day. Today's a really They got to bounce big... back. Yeah. Well, they already are. I mean, we're and up we get some inflation and... data today here too. Oh, so eight thirty. Eight thirty. Money, Mitch. Uh, what are we getting? PCE, of PCE. course. So, so now you got everything. Indicator. All the balls. So PCE could maybe save us. Intel's <laughs> trying to save us. We're going to get to that in a second. Ford tried to save us, but then it rolled over. Um, I mean... Pun, pun not intended. So go into PCE eight thirty, and then. Does that save the market? We will see. You are I mean, all bots. I, I think. I, I think it's it's uh, there's a minor save going on right now. I mean, they bought the dip, we're almost getting back half of those gains. But just from a, uh, you know, we did talk some technicals here. I just for the uh, for the S and P's today, um, we're about six and a half, seven points away from the high close of the move. You know how I like to emphasize. That comes in at uh, 97, 45, 97. The other significance that is you had two other closes in that area on Tuesday and Wednesday. So that's a bit, I mean, if the bulls are just going to rip it out of the bear's throat after only one day, then we're going to close back, uh, back at that area again. But man, if you got caught yesterday in that free fall, I mean, this is a gift, I think. But uh, let's get on the Intel here, trading up a couple sticks, uh, $2.19. Mitch, give us a report. Let's go. Let's get it. Q2 EPS at 13 cents beat the loss of third of three cent estimate. Sales of 12.95 billion beat the 12.14 billion estimate. Intel sees Q3 EPS at 20 cents versus a 16 cent estimate. Revenues at 12.9 to 13.9 versus a 13.23 billion estimate. Gross margins at 43%. Intel's client computing uh, group revenue was down 12% and data center and AI group revenue down also 15%. But that didn't matter because they got back to profitability. Who was it though? What analyst was saying that came out with the downgrade like two I know, weeks ago? So there's no pass back to profitability. And here they are two weeks later and they're profitable. Dude, that might be one of the worst calls of yeah, the year, man. too. Just go get fired, bro. Like, Somebody on, downgraded it and said there's no Hard immediate job. path back to profitability. And they literally are profitable two weeks later. That's unbelievable. <laughs> so, anyways, oh, I don't know who that analyst was, but hide under your desk here today. It, this was setting out. up for this move. I mean, it was in. Uh, Pretty technical. It was technical, easy call here. I mean, came back now, down that 32 area. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look where it went to also. 
now a little technical pullback also to the highs. Yeah, from, I'm kind uh, of mad at myself. I did, and I did buy this at 32, and then I talked myself out of it and let it go just above 32 <laughs> on the pullback because you could see the 32, the support. Sometimes this technicals just work. We're breaking out here. You've got the high though to challenge 37.11, Joel. That's yeah. gonna be where everybody called the got the stock called away that day, and then we tanked after that options expiration. I gotta think that price has memory. I gotta think that 37 is probably gonna be early resistance. Well, it, they got excited. I did not think they would trade much over 37, and the algos took it up yeah. all the way to 37 above 37.50 so exceeded that by a mile or not a mile about a half a point getting to 37.62 i'll still look at that area i think that's significant we're only 40 cents away uh so get i i think you just got to establish a strong 37 bid today and take that out get towards the pre-market high so that's not my that's what i'm looking at. i couldn't even be tough to get there where to buy this thing on a pullback well i don't think you're going to get a look at the top of yesterday's range that comes in at 35 so nice move for intel finally finally so, but does it last that is the question Yeah, that's true yeah i mean i would like to see an inside day and just not take out the lows there right inside <laughs> you day. don't want to see go take out the low no the i mean day, just give me a give me a nice little sideways action day after the rip right Hold i don't want to see it go right back right and Hold another one that i'm looking at of course is amd uh they had some news today i just want to kind of state it here as they plan to invest about 400 million in india over the next five years which will include a largest design center in the country um so it looks like more and more uh companies moving to india is something that i think we should all look out for as of course what is this a move away from china of course um, let's keep a watch on this as we see more investment in india yeah, a couple pops here. I mean, this is just kind of hanging out, you know, near uh, near the 110 area, getting a nice pop. I just alert traders, investors that uh, really important to take out this 115 area. Uh, you had a high 1505 a couple days ago. Uh, then yesterday before the big reversal, 1508. So there's your level. That's what you want to take out today. The longer it takes, that's still two bucks away with the big rally in the market. So if you can't get that longer, it takes to get over that 115, uh, maybe more migrate back towards uh, the lows from last couple days, which were right around 111. Yep, been a laggard. Um, back to the earnings parade here because we had, you know, we have so many companies reported and a lot of big ones. Here. Let's go. Let's, let's go. Try to pound these out. Let's do one minute in earnings. Time us, Mitch. One minute. One minute. One minute. One minute. We'll try to get like. 15 in here in the next 15 minutes. All right. Well, here's an easy one. Let's go to T-Mobile. T-Mobile's USQ2 EPS at $1.86 beats the $1.69 estimate. Sales of $19.2 billion missed the $19.33 billion estimate. But everything here looking good underneath the hood. Uh, postpaid net accounts, everything there looking great. Postpaid phone net customer additions of 760 thousand best in industry best q2 in eight years t-mobile best of breed best of breed for sure if you're comparing it to at&t and verizon that's not saying much i just don't like this industry even though t-mobile might be the best of the three i don't like this industry i just stay away from it 
A uh, little overshoot on the downside when you got under 137, but you have uh, a pair of lows in that area. If you get back down 137.30, and then on the upside, look for a possible gap fill at the bottom of yesterday's range at 139.39. All right, let's go to the Max. next one here. Let's go to Roku as they Ooh, came Roku in with Q2 yep. EPS at a loss of 76 cents, beating the loss of a dollar 27 cent estimate. Sales of 847.2 million beat the 773.43 million estimate. Active accounts grew to 73.5 million globally. The company said that its operating environment remains largely unchanged for the first quarter with strong consumer demands for Roku TV models. They also said they're well positioned to re-accelerate growth here um, and noted that it saw third quarter revenues coming in at 815 million. Key reversal yesterday. Ooh. Netflix stock just goes down every single day. This stock is so far from being profitable here. And I feel like the market is, you know, just kind of, you know, went without this. We've had this huge move in the market, and this hasn't participated that much. There's a reason for that here. Nice 8% pop. If I own this stock, I'd hit the bid. Uh, right stopped right where it should pre-market high 77.39 you poked your head over 77 just a few times here uh going back over the last couple of weeks i don't think you're getting back there today i i, I think that I, uh, I, 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 yeah i i i would too and uh looking for a gap That's fill here yeah 73.80 was the top of yesterday's range wow so it doesn't hold 7380. I think you got some pretty good downside. Everyone getting their money back yesterday uh, just on one earnings report. Th so yeah, thank you. Like, I mean, people are like, oh, I'm kind of throwing up after losing five bucks. And boom, it comes right back. It's like, it's held up. The one thing it has held up for the most of the yeah, night. Yeah, it's it held up pretty right well. Back. That's the good news. The bad news still is like, there's just major overhead supply at 75 to 77. And we got people spooked. I think we spooked some people yesterday. So I think there's going to be, Money managers coming in and saying, yeah, I'll take my money and run here. Thank you for giving my money back from yesterday. I'll keep an eye on it. I know that Zoom's been looking a little bit better also, so I'm not going to bet against it just yet. But, yeah, I could see what you guys are talking about. All right, let's keep going. Let's go to the next one that I had a feeling, uh, man, and I, 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 now I've been waiting for this move. We got it. We talked about this yesterday. Would we get first solar above 200? We'll take a look now, guys. First solar Q2 EPS $1.59 beats the 96 cent estimate. Sales of 811 million beat the 720.55 million estimate. Big beat here, guys. Also unveiling plans to build the fifth manufacturing factory in the U.S. The site uh, that the factory has not been determined, uh, but they plan to invest as much as $1.1 billion to further expand U.S. capacity. First solar, guys, I'm keeping an eye on this. A big part of this was energy starting to come back. Now I'm really watching these. Do ENPH with this one too, Mitch, because we have the opposite story. Two solar stocks report the exact same time. It's like Google, Microsoft, ENPH for solar going here. ENPH is an epic disaster here today. Yeah, they came in with an EPS at $1.47, beat the $1.25 estimate. Sales of uh, $711.12 million, missed the $722 million estimate. Uh, they do see Q2 revenues at $550 million to $600 million, 
versus 748.8 oh, million. So that, in that revenue. is where they're getting destroyed here, right? Is that revenue outlook here on the Q3. Uh, How do you go from thinking you're getting 748 million to 550 to 600? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the revenue is not... just falling off a cliff. Yeah, that's a problem. See there. That's a problem. So, I mean, people can come in and say, yeah, you know, buying the dip. But this stock has been a dog for oh, a very wow. long time here now. We were up over $338. The stock has not participated in the rally whatsoever. And maybe these traders, maybe Wall Street actually knew something here. Because this revenue fall off is significant. They're doing a $1 billion buyback. They're announcing that because they knew how bad the revenues are. So they're trying to like, you know, stem the tide, try to stop the stock from just getting murdered. It doesn't matter. People are completely ignoring the buyback, which I don't blame them because when you see revenue fall that far, I don't buy the dip on those stocks. Pre-market low 137.01. Absolutely no reference point uh, down here at this level. Uh, former low of the move will now be resistance. And that's 10 Bucks away at 152.15. I'm not even going to talk about the uh, bottom of yesterday's range. You're right. A big disaster. Uh, boy, yeah. spread traders, I sure hope you guys had to spread on the right way because, man, this is uh, just a, a big diversion here. I see the trade at 222.11 and uh, the pre-market highs above that at 23.30. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, next daily high is not to uh, 229.66. So this is a tough one. If you had to target up in this area, anything over 220, a little bit gravy, just don't just don't get meta, right? You never saw those pre-market levels in meta. Right, put the uh, clock in the corner. We're way too long. We're taking like five minutes of stock. 60 seconds. Go. Money Mitch. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Exxon Mobil Q2 adjusted EPS at $1.94 misses the $2.01 estimate sales of $82.91 billion beat the $80.19 billion estimate. And we'll do Chevron with this also, of course, EPS at $3.08 beat the $2.97 estimate sales of $48.9 billion beat the $48 billion estimate. So both of these guys, uh, ExxonMobil, a miss on EPS, a beat on sales. Chevron, beat and beat. And, and the Chevron was light and it got hit initially and ExxonMobil got hit initially too. The thing is, the difference about these stocks is they got value investors that are buying dips on these things because these things are dirt cheap. Exxon, Chevron, we know we got the big buyback there too. They're looking for opportunities. So I would just say, unlike you know, like a Roku that has no protection from value investors, these have protection from value investors. So they dip, value investors flock in. Uh, well, you dipped uh, under 104. That was the area of uh, the last three lows. So there's a good number, 104.50. Uh, let's hold on change. Yesterday's high is up at 106. Definitely got a shot at that. CVX, uh, that had the dip and that was bought also. Uh, yeah. Let's see if you could stay green on this one or get green. 159.66 is the close. Uh, work your way up yesterday's high, way up there at 62.47. Yeah, now that we've gotten through the earnings, I'm going to look for ExxonMobil to make a big move to 108. That's just my view. Of course, you guys can check that out on live trading if we were able to nail it. All right, let's move. uh lurching higher here. Uh, really, no offers in sight. We're getting back. Almost By the dippers are coming in. Yeah, this is an fierce. opportunity overall. Let's see what PC. So we can't. So we can't. It's hard to do a technical analysis ahead of PC. Let's see what this does. But we'll just say this nice bounce back here today. So PC comes in. 
if it comes in light, we might just blast off again. So let's see where that comes in. One minute's done. One minute's done, Dennis. Go. Well, you did, well, you no, did we, we didn't. You did two stocks. Go, go, go. You did All two right, let's go. Let's go to Procter and Gamble uh, and Colgate Palmolive. Let's do Q4 EPS for Procter and Gamble coming in at a dollar thirty-seven beats the dollar thirty-two estimate. Sales of twenty point five five billion beat the twenty point zero two billion estimate. And then we go to Colgate Palmolive here. Q2 adjusted EPS at seventy-seven cents beat the seventy-five cent estimate. Sales of four point eight two billion beat the four point six seven billion estimate. Uh, what do you guys think about these value type of uh, uh, Procter, both. I don't want to own consumer staples. Same story here. It's just a different day. Consumer staples in a zero percent or in a zero percent environment are pretty cool, and a five percent environment they're just not cool. So sorry, Tina Trade, dead. Don't need to own Procter and Gamble. Trying to like pick up, you know, your two point three four three percent dividend. I'd sell the stock and move it in. If you want, if you're concerned about being defensive, I'd sell that stock and move it into five and a half percent cash. Uh, only 43,000 shares have traded. You're going to have to take out a lot of paper to open up at this elevated level. Uh, 152 day high, 155. You barely got there in the pre market. I think that's a, a great level. Where to buy this thing on a dip? Mm, what's the top of yesterday's range? Oh, you could definitely get that. 154. I'm not buying it on dips. I'm not the buying dips, it on dip either. It. Go no. next stock. Too many, too many numbers. One number per stock. Go. One number. Yeah, they're complaining in the chat, and I am too. We don't want all these numbers. One number <laughs> per stock. Give me resistance. Give me a support. Give me your case. Go. Next stock. All right. We're hurrying this show. This is the speed round, not lightning round, because then CNBC would give us crap. It's the speed round on pre-market prep. Let's go. All right. Uh, there's only about two more that we can cover, um, and we've got to be ready for PCE, so keep your eyes on that, guys. Go, Dexcom, go, go, then. Q2 adjusted EPS, spend more time 34 about... cents, beat the 23-cent estimate. Sales of 871.3 million beat the 841.62 million estimate. That's DXCM, Dexcom. Don't care. Next. <laughs> You're you're missing out on this stock, Dennis. Ford? This is a really good investment. We I will tell you guys Ford. that. How do we miss Ford? Could you guys skip me through it? You guys went straight <laughs> to guys Intel. Bunch of Ford before PCs today. Holy mackerel! Holy moly! I'm glad it's Friday. All right, get, let's get the Ford much. Motor. Ford. We talk too much. Ford Motor <laughs> Q2 EPS like, here, seventy-two cents beat the fifty-five cent estimate. Sales of 45 billion beat the 40.38 billion estimate. Ford raised their EBITDA guidance there. Um, but one thing that I'll talk about, and I've talked about this with these vehicles, it's it's all about the margins. They're letting you know here that a, the EBITDA for the Ford Model E is going to be a loss of $4.5 billion. Yet they're still aiming for oh 150,000 annual production rate for the Lightning this year. Which I don't think will the lightning that goals, a little bit better. I, I read I read the whatever report there, another report on the lightning, because I thought about buying that truck. And then it pulls and it literally only can like you you lose your battery in like 90 miles if you're pulling anything heavy. I was like, that's just useless. I, I buy a pickup to pull stuff. So until they can figure out that battery life on when you're hauling, I'm like, this is just useless. I'm done with Ford. Sorry, done with that. I sold my GM too. Um uh, Orange GM gone. 
after that uh, GM report and the way they reacted to it, I just don't see how you could buy Ford up 70 cents from the close. I don't know I who mean, was buying it last night. That was crazy. That was crazy. Uh, all I say is a thirteen fifty better holder. Look out for 13 bucks. And also, of course, what was mentioned in the earnings call, Ford CFO says new UAW labor contract will raise costs. Tried to give you guys that outlook way ahead of the time because when that comes in, I think that's going to affect Ford. And I think the stock's going to be in the gutter before that comes in. Yeah, just kidding. Uh, Not not a fan here, especially if we get any slowdown here. I mean, they've been firing on all cylinders, blowing earnings away, and the stocks really aren't going up. The GM's come up a little bit there, but Ford is coming back down. The EV story—they suck. I mean, why do they suck so much compared to Tesla? They have been making cars for 100 years. Why is Musk so much better at it? Ask yourself that. Okay. All right. We are we are 20 closing. seconds. We're going into we PC preview in, mode. And we PCE. just got back half of the move. Half of the move already, folks. 94. That's a big level on the upside. We're currently trading 45.93. You got a preview, Mitch? Yeah, I got you right here, guys. So year-over-year outlook for PCE expected to come in at 3.1, prior being 3.8. We'll see what happens there. Month-over-month outlook is expected to come in at 0.2, prior being 0.3. Let's find out what happens here. and Let's see if the markets want to shake this We went 50 cents wide on SPY and 70 cents wide. Nobody wants to make a call here. Now we're just sitting. Now we're just sitting. Is it in line? Happens here, guys. Let's see what happens. The number's not even out yet. We've already had like a seven-point range here. We just made a new high at (laughs) ninety-five seventy-five. Algo jumpers. First move was up, then a knee-jerk down. We're trading right here, mid-range. Let's see core PCE prices. All right, waiting to get it here. Uh, Should have it any moment now. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. Who's gonna beat me? Dun, Come dun, on. Dun, dun. Holy mackerel, they're still waiting here. I don't, I don't think know. I haven't Rager seen Rick has it. either. This is late. Oh, trust me, it ain't only me. <laughs> there it is. Dig. Point two, point Dig. Two, in line. In line. In line. Boy. Now they don't know what to do with that. Nah, I mean, in line means the Fed just good continues enough. doing it what It was doing. always good enough. Problem is with all those key reversals yesterday. Uh, I would like to have seen a beat here to like really like get you kicking started and start thinking about yesterday's highs. You're getting back half of yesterday's losses here exactly, in the market exactly. just for no reason whatsoever. I well, think you're lightning stocks up into this. I don't think you're going to full cash. I don't know if the bull market's over, but I, the technicals are concerning yesterday. This isn't nothing to drive us, you know, and take over. Here, yeah. So I just think I think you're lightning up into today's rally. I think if you were getting hit hard yesterday. You got too many stocks, and maybe you should lighten up into it. That's my opinion. Yeah, lighten really, very, very uh, mild reaction here. As I said, we did make a, we had a little pop before the number came out. Right, high close of the move. I gave you guys that number before. That's at forty five ninety seven. We had two other closes in that area. Let's see. I mean, but they're not taking it down yet, right? I mean, they're the definitely bots don't not. know what to do with it, Joel. The bots don't know what to do. No, because it's in line. They're like, uh, uh, uh. they don't know what to do. So they're just chopping around a little bit. They don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with that. No one knows I'm, what to I'm do. I'm somewhat with of, of a bot. I don't know what to do with that either. 
Okay. All right. Well, we're hanging out here near the highs of the session. So uh, the Bulls didn't flinch. The Bears didn't flinch. Here we are. Pretty Basically where we were right before the number. You want to get a couple more reports in before we have our guest here at uh, 835? All right. Uh, the last one I'll just bring up here as uh, report is an interesting one. C-O-U-R. I know Dennis will say kick this out, but uh, I thought it was a really good move today. You guys can check out Coursera Q2 EPS at zero. It just didn't lose. Estimate was 10 cents of a loss here. Sales of 153.7 million beat the 145.86 million estimate. Um, and it doesn't look too bad. Of course, uh, Coursera is an online learning platform that connects learners, educators, and institutions with the goal of providing world-class educational content. And I can let you guys know myself, uh, my wife has actually been using it for a little bit of cybersecurity uh, course, and it's, it's actually not too bad. Um, so you guys see it getting the nice little pop nice here lift. in the morning. Yeah. Nice lift. Yeah, very nice lift uh, up to an area. I mean, close to 16. I look for resistance here. 1587 up to 16. Three highs in that same area for COUR. What was that one education stock that went absolutely crazy? We had the guy on when the thing was at like 80 bucks or 90 bucks during COVID. Help me out, chat. Um, come on. Let's talk. It was an online education stock during COVID. It went absolutely crazy. Well, everything went absolutely crazy. No, but this COVID. was, uh, it went like the 80, 90 bucks. No. Yeah. Chad, I don't know. Chag? Was it Chag? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did the chat do it? Yeah, yeah. yeah the chat knows everything. They're all Look over it. That. The chat's awesome. Chag. <laughs> so if we yeah. go Chag, yeah, you're right. It went from like 25 to 115. It's nine bucks. Oh, no, sorry. It's 10 now. 10. Fantastic stuff. Yep. Who? So I don't but know. buy those dips, folks. You know it works. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead. Let's get to our guest today, and you guys out there, smash the like. All right, Nate Tobik from the Complete Bank Data Report. Who told us? During the financial meltdown in April, not to worry, the banks weren't going anywhere. Well, turns out to be a pretty good call. Nate, how you doing today? Good, good. How are you guys doing? Doing great. So uh, I guess before we go to the banks and the bank earnings and the recovery, could you give us a little bit more clarity on this uh, this BOJ move and the reason it's having such a major impact on the markets? Well, I mean, so think about this. I Japan's a really interesting case, right? Like the market topped out in 1991 and it has been down since then. And we're finally back. It, it's like if you would have invested at the top, you finally broke even. Um, and so they've had they've had deflation most of that time. And now it's, it, you know, the market's starting to inflate. And um, I think it's it's one of those things. It's like it, it's upending what they've had now for 30 years. And so um, it's, it's like uncharted territory in some ways, I guess. But like it, like, is everyone going to start dumping us, uh, you know, uh, instruments and, and like, go, I mean, I, they still, they taught the rate that they talked about was like, Oh, we'll let it get above our, or go uh, to half a percent. I mean, right. that's the way the market reacted yesterday. Market's saying it's an overreaction right now with the rebound back, but um, is that the way you're looking at it? 
I, I don't know. I mean, so I followed Japanese stocks for a really long time and it was everyone, you know, so everyone had so much cash on their balance sheet because they were so scared from the, the crash in the 90s and it, they were just earning nothing. And the, I mean, these things, they were, you know, it was negative interest rates, et cetera. And the fact that they all appreciated like this, everyone's probably sitting on some pretty significant gains at this point. And so that there might, if people are looking to sell, there's going to be a lot of cash on the sidelines from that. All right, let's talk. Let's talk about the bank earnings here and uh, the banking crisis, the regionals. Let's let's start with the big banks here. The big get bigger. Let's talk about uh, the J.P. Morgan uh, moving up here nicely. Uh, picked up some assets in the uh, uh, you know from FRC and other companies. Talk about the big bank earnings. Yeah, I mean, so everyone picked up some decent assets. I if you look all the way down. Um, <clears throat> You know, I've I've mentioned uh, Farmers and Merchants Bank of Long of uh, FMBL of uh, Long Beach before it crazy high stock price. But even in their earnings, they're only a couple billion dollar bank. They said we we did well because we picked up a bunch of First Republic clients. So everyone's mm. picking those people up. Everyone loved that bank, which is really kind of an interesting thing is clients really like the bank. Customer service was great. And they just were at the wrong place at the wrong time. And, um, you know, that was that was the end of the story. So being able to to pick up those clients, uh, that's huge. That It's totally different than the Silicon Valley Bank subset of clients. And uh, those clients are not great. And uh, First Republic, though, that, that's for anyone who gets them. That those are those are good, good customers. What do you think about the Pac West merger? What was your thoughts there? It was a little bit of a take under. The market initially thought it was going to be massive take under because they started tanking the stock, but it wasn't that bad. What are your thoughts here on Pac W going off the board here? I, I mean, so same thing. Uh, you know, Western Alliance there. It's people like them. It's a good bank, and so it's with a lot of these. It, there's, I guess, you know, there is a sense of brand equity at some some level. Uh, if you're at First National Bank of Missouri, and then it's to First National Bank of Iowa. It, that same sort of thing doesn't exist. But when you get to some of these bigger banks, uh, you know what they have that a smaller bank doesn't have is they have borrowing capacity. They have relationships with with bigger companies in the market, and they have that market presence. And so there is actual brand equity to those things. So what's interesting is mergers have totally dried up this year. Uh, PacWest thing is interesting. You know, if you just look at the raw numbers, yes, there should be a, a, a big take under and uh, there's just going to be a, a large goodwill account on that one. But, in you know, based on their brand, I think that that might actually be merited. All right, let's move on to some of the regionals here and uh, everyone waiting for the shoe to drop. Comerica got hit. That's uh, getting back some of its losses. Uh and, and then some PNC Schwab. Everyone thought Schwab was going under. That, that's a crazy right. one. I mean, if if you pulled the trigger on that one, it that you know that's the um, it's kind of the the Peter Lynch bank, right? It's like, hey, buy what you know. If you're if you're trading with Schwab and you thought, are these guys really going to disappear? I'll just pick up some shares. That worked out really well for you. And you know that. The interesting thing about Schwab is it's like that it was just a, a fear driven, it, 
that that was the little crisis. It was how did they get that tied up? And as a regional bank, I don't see Schwab as a regional bank, but all of a sudden they just decided to couple that in, and Schwab was going to have problems. <laughs> and it went from eighty to forty-five. It felt like overnight here. I never yeah. really understood why. I mean, I wasn't fighting it because you know, when market starts selling, it's hard to be the you know the the, the guy who's the only person on the bed. But why did they like punish Schwab so much for the regional bank crisis? Well, I mean, so they had a lot of held to maturity securities. I mean, their balance sheet is is more long dated. And, um, you know, so they also don't have, they're not out there doing mezzanine loans, construction loans, business loans to the level that other regional banks are. And so it was kind of like, well, they're, they're going to have to raise money. There's going to be a capital call. And um, it, that never happened. It, it was just a total fear driven thing. Which is yeah. really interesting too, because Schwab's at a unique spot where if they needed capital with all the investors they have, they could have potentially done some sort of a capital call amongst their own customers who have billions of dollars in assets already with them and like the product and could have plugged that hole really easily. They never needed to do it. You know, they never even needed to do it. So they never they, even needed to do anything. They need they just needed to to just wait it out. It was yeah. like a real bad rainstorm. It came rolling on through and uh they they just waited it out. Do you think they just they just held on? Do they still got those securities on the books or they just weren't or the amount that they had on the books was uh was over? They all have the securities. Yeah. Th those aren't going anywhere. It it's still sort of a dead weight on a lot of these these balance sheets. And people are just they, so a lot of the ways they're looking at it is it's like, we'll just earn our way out. We're going to be lending at seven, eight, nine percent. Um, you know, so questionable whether the Fed's going to raise rates again. I mean, kind of what I've seen is if they do, it's possible we're going to see some loans going up above 10 percent commercial loans. So that's, you know, the thing is, though, people are they're borrowing at eight and a half and nine percent. I don't think 10 percent is really. It, it, does this not, Nate, this, when you talk a 10% boring rate, does this not hit the economy eventually? Like there's some interest rate costs here. I mean, everybody's yeah. kind of banking. This whole market has been banking, pun kind of intended, on interest rates going down sooner than later. If interest rates stay elevated at these levels for a prolonged period of time, does it not hit corporate profits eventually? I, I, yes, it seems like it should at some point. It, it totally seems like it should. And it, it hasn't, which is crazy. And I think, so, you know, my view is I think the Fed's emboldened by this. And I think their theory is the higher we could raise things without stuff breaking gives us more room to maneuver in the future. So everyone's expecting we're going to be going back down to, to 0% if there's a crash or a crisis. And I think the way they look at it is, if we can get rates up high enough when we need to cut in a crisis, uh -huh. they only need to go down to three. And yeah. so everyone's mm -hmm. who everyone who's hoping for this, we're going to get back to 2.8% mortgages. It's it probably won't happen. It might be that we drop from 7% to five. Yeah, but, this is more normal. Yeah, we, we, they just normalize the interest rates. Like, I mean, we've normalized it. That's exactly uh, right. I, I find that completely horrible. I still don't own a house. But hey, we <laughs> won't get into that talk here That's, with that on that, Nate. Um, it's definitely well, going to be frustrating. 
it, um, for it anybody that tries to get a home. So what's interesting is what we've seen is transaction volumes have not necessarily slowed in most markets. A lot of banks say, oh, things are a lot slower. The, the problem is people are not borrowing as much, but the transactions are still happening. And there's so much cash out there that that a lot of the transactions are just cash only purchases. So if you look at transaction volume year over year, yes, it's lower, but the it, the mortgage transaction volume is significantly lower, but the rate of transactions, it's it's still happening. It's just they're happening in cash. Might have to buy one of these empty offices. That's the only way I see it happening. Well, well, so that that is the area in the market that I, I you know, everyone's waiting for the shoe to drop on that. Um, mm-hmm. I think we've pretty much normalized on who's back in an office, who's not in an office. Uh, a lot of places have decided that instead of five floors, we really only need three floors. And there's no one out there to absorb all that extra capacity. Something definitely to keep an eye out for. Nate, lately I've been seeing the asset management stocks really start to get the lift. Is this an area that we can maybe look to see some opportunity to the upside? Asset management in terms of, of Let's what? say like BlackRock, let's say like Morgan Stanley, banks like that. Um, you know, we, we, we've been seeing them uh, start to get the lift. And of course, uh, we keep hearing mentions of potential Bitcoin uh, addition and things like that. And I think that's actually bringing some new investors to take a look at these stocks. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, I mean, so so asset, I mean, I think right now assets are still fairly priced. And so there's there's nothing really crazy going on out there. And um, what's, you know, what's interesting is prices did appreciate during COVID and it's kind of stuck. But I mean, everything is still, I just was talking to an executive who they're going through a leveraged buyout and it's a enormous leverage buyout and um you know they're floating this at i don't know i'd probably be seven and a half eight percent and they think it's gonna work out and it's like so okay (laughs) nothing nothing has stopped it's just everyone got used to to what um you know what's normal now so yeah i i think as long as for the the asset you know for like a morgan stanley as long as that deal flow continues they'll be fine when that slows down, that that's when they're they're gonna have a problem. Nate, any and just any final thoughts here uh, overall in this rosy scenario in the markets? Nice, you know, was it everything rally yesterday until the 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 Bank of Japan news? Just uh, and any you know further thoughts on the financials? More, yeah, I mean, more so, legs on the upside. I I mean, if you just look at a chart from the beginning of the year, uh, you know, what's the KRE index? It was at like 61, 62, somewhere in there. And now it's in the somewhere in the early, you know, mid 40s. Yeah. And so even if it just gets back to flat, that's a lot of upside. And so the, you think we get there or do you think there's more? Do you think we're past all these banking concerns? That's what I, you know, the big question is, because obviously March, April looked ugly. We lost, right. you know, three banks. Are we past it? Are we done now? Like that it, we're past it's been these a shift from? because what you have is the next thing is going to be commercial real estate but commercial real estate most everyone refied that in 2020 and 2021 and so those things are all three to five year balloon notes mm, so okay. if it at the earliest we're looking now to 2024 that's the three-year balloon and then it could be a five-year balloon so everyone's just kind of holding their breath, hoping and praying <laughs> that there's a way to figure this out before those notes come due. But 
but you've seen the news. There's been a couple office REITs that they just are giving back the buildings. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, we don't know what to do with them. And so I think that'll continue. People aren't going back to offices. And and to Mitch's point, I've seen, uh, there's a great uh, account that shows these things on Zillow where they're trying to convert them in San Francisco. And it, you know, it, it's just a cube farm yeah, that they nothing. put up a wall in a bathroom. I mean, it's it's the saddest looking thing you think. <laughs> yeah. Who wants to live under fluorescent lights? No one. <laughs> Absolutely no one. Nate yeah. Tolbank. He's yeah. an investor in in banking stocks, the founder of CompleteBankData.com. Giving us some great information. Nate, pleasure. As always, we'll be dialing you up here again in a couple months. All right. Have a great, great morning, guys. Thank you. All right. Take care, Nate. Let's get back to the markets. How are we looking, Joel? What? It's just quiet. It's quiet. We won't we won't break. Uh, for those of you, uh, you know, that sold that little pop there and we won't go through the high. Really tight range here. I don't know if uh, imbalances. I mean, weekly option imbalances, maybe month end options, expirations, but eerily quiet market not giving it back after the inline piece. It's in important. That this market does not get back these gains today because the bears will run with it. If we end up they going will. red, and I'm not saying that's going to happen, I'm kind of like sitting back with my popcorn. I did sell a couple stocks yesterday because I was concerned. I sold my General Motors, which I just spoke of, um, because I was concerned that this could turn into something a little more troublesome. And and again, I just you know going into the Ford number and the GM numbers, we're okay, but. The EV story here is just so tough with Ford and GM. So it's been a good run for GM. We picked it up near the low, got out yesterday, right near the end of the day there. So it was a good trade. It just won't go. I mean, it, you know, the, the thing with the GM is, you know, just the, the, the all the great report, all the raise. I think every quarter for the last couple quarters, they've beaten raise by substantial margin. You think that, you know, do you think the stock would be at, you know, 50, 60, 70 bucks, but, uh, but that's not the case here. Well, the PE has been super low, but the problem is if, you know, we start can continue move to EV, they've got to figure it out. They've got to like, you know, get that. That's where investors are looking. Like, where is it coming from? Because we're not all going to have gas guzzling, you know, gas guzzlers in 10 years. It's going to be moving to EV. What I find interesting, if you really want to play EV, is some of the lithium makers really had a pullback here. So like the lithium producers, so LTHM, down significantly from where it was. I'm still long that. ALB, I'm still long that as well. That's been killed. Ooh. That's pretty much your biggest one. Trades PE like 9 or 10. Again, cyclical, so that can change. LAC, I know you like this one, Mitch. It's back mm -hmm. down near support here yep. at 1819. I mean, there's some opportunity on some of the lithium plays. Um, if, you know, you're really looking, you know, EV, that may be one way to play it on the cheap. One thing that I would be talking about in the ev space that i feel needs to happen and i've talked about this multiple times is that we need the autonomous drive features that's what's going to get the consumer to say hey i need ev versus i just want ev um i think and that's, that's what, what got tesla mitch great point that's what got tesla investors so excited after that david faber interview because he did not he said we were 12 to 18 months away he even said that we were drive. looking at legacy automakers to buy full service drive as a license. So yeah. licensing out first uh, full service drive, that, that's what you want to see. Things like that. I, I promise think we you, can hit once it? we get that technology, once we get that technology, that's where the, the consumer is going to go. Because the truth oh, is, sure. 
we, we all love our time, right? We all know that time is money nowadays. And if we can be in a vehicle and just continue doing what our daily business, we'll, we'll, we'll love it. I'm telling you, the consumer oh, yeah. will love it. I just don't think I and Elon Musk came in. This is why Tesla went from 170 to 270. Don't kid yourself. It was the AI talk and the full autonomous drive that he said is 12 to 18 months out. I just don't think they're going to be there in 12 to 18 months. I think they'll be there in five to 10 years, but I don't Man, think it's like a year I out. I hope not. I like, I don't think no, it's, it's no way. Out. I mean, you don't have the infrastructure. So I think he's just shooting off his mouth again. Like, he does do that. I love Elon Musk, but he speaks, you know, this we know that's his problem. He, if he has any problems, it's that he talks a little bit, you know, before, you know, maybe, you know, he's just talking. So um, I just don't think he's going to hit that. So I think it's a game changer. I think 10 years from now, we're all just call our car, it drives us to where we want to go. I can go for a nap for five hours when I'm driving down to the D. I mean, that's awesome. I hope it comes next year, but I'm skeptical. Infrastructure, yeah. man. Where's the infrastructure to, uh, to support yeah, you know, autonomous driving. I mean, yeah, I, it's, it's it hasn't hasn't even hasn't even started yet, at least. Uh, but Dennis, I don't think you could sleep for five hours in the in the car. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I'll try. Um, but uh, the chat saying something interesting too. Does it doesn't really have to be EV for self driving, right? I mean, it could still be gas and just drive itself. Yeah, I don't oh, yeah, know if we're gonna see sure. that either, right? I mean. So I think what we need to see is like we talk about all the time, the underlining assets get the appreciation first. So lithium, the technology, the battery stations, those types of plays get the appreciation first before we see this massive EV adoption. That's what I feel we need to have. That's why you see Dennis looking at lithium names. That's why you hear me talking about technology. That's why you see like QS continuing to go. And I sold this one too early too. the chat asking about that one. Solid state batteries. Look at that thing, man. I had that thing at seven, six ninety five was what my average. Blast off. What <laughs> happened yesterday in that? That that chart, Mitch, looks yeah. like upside capitulation. That is. That looks that is. like everybody get me in. I don't care the price. Buy me at any price possible. That looks like that's a top if I've ever seen one. When you Look have a volume jump. When you see a stock go from 10 to 13 in a split second and then give it almost all of it back. I'm like looking at this thing up 5% today and thinking actually like I think you've missed the boat in this one. Mitch, you were on the boat early. You just sold too soon. That's what you know, me and you, you know, always you know have what we do, though. man. We're, we're traders. Yeah, me, and you, me and Mitch have that problem always. We get in. No sound. Good no entries sound. and crappy exits. Good <laughs> entries and crappy exits. I should get the shirt because that's me. Good entries, <laughs> crappy exits. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it for us, Dennis. All <laughs> right, let's <laughs> let's do a little ticker time. Where do you guys want to go? Maybe uh, if you guys see anything in the chat there, you guys want to touch. We can definitely get to it. Uh, China. Um, let's go to China for a let's, second let's because a they China really talk. are moving here today. I don't know if the, what the headline is. It seems like there's a headline all the time, but FXI is up 4%. Alibaba is up 3%. JD.com's trading up 4% here. You got XPEV, I believe, getting an upgrade. JP Morgan, is, I think it was. Um, I yeah. might be wrong on that. I'm going for my memory. Um, really, what's helping, I think, here is a report given out by Goldman Sachs. And Goldman Sachs in the report stating that uh, hedge funds are quickly snapping up Chinese equities. 
after the Politburo meeting this week. And it said that the higher inflows were led by mainland A shares and then Hong Kong listed shares, uh, while U.S. listed Chinese American deposit receipts. Um, mainly internet companies saw smaller inflows, the report added. And this is a report given out by Goldman Sachs. Nice pop. Nice pop yep. in the yep. FXI. Mm, I'd, I'd rather see it come back down to 29 for support. Uh, Baba trying to get in. I mean, that's what you're waiting for. You're waiting for you know the political environment to change over there. Baba having a nice pop at ninety eight fifty. Where are all these highs at? Uh, well, ninety eight forty nine. Make sure you get you get a if you're buying this one off the open, you want to see a sustained bid ninety eight fifty. Poke your head into triple digits. We haven't been in triple digits since early April. Yeah, and I think that's one thing that I always pay attention to with China when they're mentioned rumors that are going to come, like meetings like that. I I, I try to jump mm -hmm. all over that. That on Monday was a nice easy trade here for china stocks we'll look to see if they continue going i i do they, see on maybe pullbacks, a little bit of upside. on the pull it seems like they always get a pullback but it seems like those pullbacks have been buying opportunities lately yeah all right uh let's go to one in the chat there and seeing multiple mentions here um sure. let's go to uh, this is an interesting one that's just been moving tupperware man who has oh yeah this reddit is this wall street bats <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this is the short. Doing? This is that short kind of life. Is this uh, Wall Street bats just look, taking just look the at this straight stock, from man. the gutter into the uh, uh, stratosphere? I, I yeah. don't know, man. It's a huge I can't move. Trade this. Normally, like I would think five. Like not gonna saying it's going to five bucks, but when they went from three fifty, I would think five would be major resistance. Just doing the technicals here, it's in rocket ship mode, so anything can happen. Yeah, I think if you're investing in it at this point in time, I think six months from now, you'll be very upset. I think it's going to probably eventually give it back. But we know in the short term, things disconnect from fundamentals. They get on a hot story. They can go anywhere, can do anything. So I would just say it's like a hot potato. Don't get stuck holding the potato, though. Uh, just real short-term technical on this one. You had a big day yesterday. You backed off. If you're looking for more on this one, Take it through 375. That was your high from yesterday. Uh, not too far away from it. Might as well uh, do, uh, if we're doing these kind of things, why don't we do Newell Rubbermaid? And uh, that stock. Well, Newell uh, Rubbermaid has nothing to do with this. It's just had earnings. The shoes with holes finally might have holes in their investments as uh, Crocs starting to really break down. What do you guys think about that one? It got upgraded here today. I'm long it right now just because of the upgrade. So I will sell this. So and you're brave. you're brave. Yeah, no, I just bought off the upgrade yesterday. I thought it might have a bounce back today. I intend to sell this at the open though. Yeah. We'll see what happens. What do you see on this chart, Joel? Oh, man. It tested the low of the move. So uh, just punished for its report. Um, I just look head and shoulder to me, man. Do you see that head and shoulders on the daily top right? Oh man, that looks head and shoulders as I've ever seen it's a, one. It's just a nasty stock, a nasty chart. I mean, they capped down after earnings, battled back, and now right back at 100. I mean, I don't know. People are buying their crocs. So, pre market high 105. So, if you're looking for more follow through on the upside off the upgrade, got to get through 105. I don't even know. Yesterday's high way up there, 110.38 for crocs. And of course, we could just take a peek at Nike, how that's going to maybe play into it. Nike's have been hanging on here. I don't know which way to call it. I'll just be oh, honest. Sometimes yeah. I know I don't have any read here on Nike. 
consolidation. It's been trading 108, 110. Kind of broke down yesterday, but multiple lows just under 108. If it holds that, go back up to the top of the range here at 110. I've got so. an opinion on Nike, and I think it's going lower. I think you got so much resistance here at 110. I think that it hasn't participated in the recent rally, and I think there's a reason for that. Okay. I mm-hmm. think there's, for whatever reason here, I just got a feeling Spidey senses, senses are telling hey. me that this is going lower. Just my opinion. All right. Uh, going to wrap things up here on my end and trading right near the highs of the pre-market session. So PCE in line, not deterring the bulls yet. Uh, let's get a new closing high for the move, and that would be above 45.97. So going to wrap things up on this Friday. Chat, thanks for uh, the good information and fun show. We'll be checking in with you guys later on today. All right, we'll start the wrap up here and uh, we'll be looking at to see what happens. Uh, Spy is just continuing to climb right now. Uh, we'll look to see if we can continue to climb. I think one of the things also is that every single time we get these downside actions, it's going to shake a lot of the bulls, right? I think the market's trying to shake some of the yep, bulls here. Shaking me. And I, I don't necessarily think that I, I want to jump to the bear train too quickly. Normally I am on that side. That's I'm like, point. yeah, let's jump on it really quickly. Let's just yeah. grab it. But the truth is, is that unless we start really breaking down, let's say towards, let's say like right now on the spy, that would be like 437s, like the where the 50 moving average is, 436.15, something like that. But we keep holding 90 EMAs. And if I hold see 90 EMAs holding, um, that just tells me what? That stays with the momentum. Uh, 90 EMA, I, the reason I use that is because it's a part of the MACD crossover line and that also is a is a way that people look for momentum so you see this light blue line and how we keep going above it we come back to it we catch it we come back to it we catch it so until that breaks until i see price down here and the and the blue line above it clearly trend still to the favor to the upside i'll, I'll say this is this day is epically important because we had all these key Epic. reversals yesterday we need to hold these gains and get this market drifting back higher. The buy the dippers need to emerge. If we take out yesterday's low, that would be a major problem. So if we take out yesterday's low, the bears are really going to be starting to toot their horns. So you've got to make sure that we don't take out the 450, 155. We're 40 handles above there now. So you've got lots of room. So I would just say today is very important. We're coming, you know, we just have lots of earnings. Next week is a huge day. It's like 300 companies reporting every yeah. single day. So we have lots of fundamental Amazon information comes going next to be week. coming at us too, which will trump technicals. But technically speaking, this market had a really ugly day yesterday. It's important to bounce back. It bounces back. That keeps you know, the bull thesis intact. If we take out yesterday's low, Katie bar the door, you're going to see a lot more bears coming back in this game. Two stocks that I'll keep my eye out for some good indicators. You can tell me what you think about this, Dennis. And uh, I'm going to be watching Netflix to see if it can come back to the green. And I'm going to be watching Microsoft every day. To see if it can go back, right? Netflix and, has been just an awful, like you, you'd think yeah. eventually. This is what's somewhat concerning to me too. And it had another key, like key reversal from the previous day there yesterday. But what's concerning about Netflix is it's not bouncing yet. Mm-hmm. So you would have thought if we were full on bull mode, that they would come into stocks like this and start buying these things back up. And it's not bouncing. They look like it wants to go to 400. So Tesla's been the same story, really. Not really bouncing here after the disappointment. We've seen, you know, in the last earnings season, we saw when stocks were dipping, they were getting bought and getting bought back fairly rapidly. Remember, we bought Airbnb. I bought Airbnb off of the dip. 
it took a little bit, but eventually it did get bought back and obviously turned into a really good trade. Um, I sold half of that yesterday. But, I mean, this is um, just concerning, or yet the day before. No, yesterday. I think it was yesterday. But this is just concerning that some of these main companies, the Netflix, like maybe Microsoft, you know, everybody's like Kramer's like yeah. telling us people, yeah, buy it to buy the dip. Well, it just made a new low again here. So a little bit concerning the tape action. Meta tape action, not great yesterday too. So here's the stock that was driving the bus. It was 3.30 in the pre-market. It didn't even come close to opening there. And then it gave half of it back. So we're just saying, I'm not saying the bull is over. I'm saying the bears have a case again. Where a couple days ago, it looked like full bull mode here. Now the bears have a case. And you know what? As a trader, you are entitled to change your opinion as much as you possibly want. You know, as an investor, you want to stay long. You add some cash when you think weakness is coming. But as a long-term investor, I don't short stocks. I never short stocks in my long-term portfolio. I short stocks in my trading account, not my long-term portfolio. I'm always staying somewhat invested. Balancing the cash. I think we're a pullback. I raise a little bit of cash. I think we're in bull mode. I lower the little bit of cash. I'm in the kind of cons- like environment here where I've already had quite a bit of cash, and I almost want a little bit more cash. I was looking. I was like 55% invested yesterday, like 45% cash, and the cash ain't that bad. I mean, it sucked when you're 45% cash and you're getting zero. You have five and a half on your cash. It ain't that bad. So um, I just look here and I think. Where it's overextended. It was a really ugly candle yesterday. I'm getting a nice bounce back here today. I think there's some money managers that might say, I'm going to just take some profits and run here. We'll see what happens today. Like always, uh, we got to be quick and nimble. Um, we'll see if the market does turn around. And right now, it seems like I'll be watching some of the big boys and we'll see what happens in the market today. Like always, you guys can keep up with everything. Dennis Dick does Triple D Trader on Twitter. Give him a good follow. Always good to have you, Dennis. And we'll see you back on Monday. Thanks, Money Mitch. Have a good weekend, everyone. Thanks, chat. You guys are and girls are awesome. We always have questions and you guys have answers. That's why we love the chat. That's what it's all about. Have a good one, Dennis. And now to get you guys over to live trading, that's coming up next. Don't go anywhere, of course. We're ready to get into this market and see what we can pull out of it today. I still got four swing trades on, took some profits yesterday in Micron. So that was a nice little swing trade. I have a couple on today that are looking pretty good. Uh, One of them specifically I'll mention right now, which is BJ, BJ Wholesales Club uh, going higher. This is one that I've been trying to play off of the Walmart and Costco kind of sympathy. This has been in kind of consolidation station down there. I've had this one for a couple of days now from 6413s. We'll look to see if it keeps driving higher. That's definitely one on my radar. But if you want to find out some of my other swing trades and maybe a new trade that I take today, come over to live trading. That's where I go ahead and take some live trades and tell you guys all about my trading action. And of course, we got Lord Ryan, Nick Brown to get you guys some good news. And if you guys have any catalysts you guys want to cover or do a little bit more deeper dive, of course, Nick Brown is in the chat here uh, to help us out. And he's over on live trading. So come over. You don't got to go anywhere. Just stay right here and we'll redirect you right to live trading. Let's keep it going, team. Let's see what we can get today. It's time to rise and shine and get ready for this market. Hope you guys enjoyed pre-market prep.